0: It's time for the Lanecast with Montana's very own talk and egg, Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Well, hello, everyone. It's time for today's agriculture conversation right here on the Lanecast. We are at the kitchen table once again, north of Conrad, Montana, south of Shelby, at the Johnson Ranch. And joining us here today is Colby Johnson. Colby, how are things going here this summer? Pretty good. Good to have you up here, Lane. Well, I'm glad I could make it up here, and today's uh, topic is going to center around, well, we'll talk about harvest, how things are going that way, how the cattle are looking, but uh, a big uh, discussion in the 2018 Farm Bill, no doubt, is uh, trying to uh, make it easier for research and growing of industrial hemp. Again, we'll discuss how industrial hemp is much different than marijuana. That is going to be the center of today's podcast. It's going to be a good one, a lot of information and a lot of opportunities for producers to learn about new crops and new marketing opportunities here in the Northern Plains, Rocky Mountain West, and across the nation. But first, I would just like to thank the sponsors of today's show, the Public Lands Council, as they celebrate 50 years of advocating for the more than 22,000 public lands ranchers across the nation. Join them the 26th through the 29th of September in Park City, Utah for their annual convention. For more, visit thepubliclandscouncil.org. As we come back to today's topic, Colby, the... Golden Triangle here in Montana is known for its high-quality wheat uh, across the world. And uh, it's a region that has its own name, of course, the Golden Triangle. But we are seeing a little more green out in uh, fields, and that is because for the past two years, farmers like yourself and others have been uh, growing industrial hemp. Let's just talk about, first off, what industrial hemp is, and let's set the foundation of the difference between industrial hemp and marijuana.
1: Okay, yeah, so industrial hemp, uh, the difference between hemp and marijuana, it's pretty much one thing, it's the oil composition on it. Industrial hemp has high CBD, very low THC if any, where marijuana has high THC and low CBD. That's the main difference uh, between the two and that's what we're trying to distinguish between helping the farmers and the public, you know, get that knowledge. there's a huge stigma that hemp is marijuana or marijuana is hemp
0: and that is not true. So we need to go out there and uh, let everybody know that. So with that uh, foundation uh, set aside, talking about the differences between industrial hemp and marijuana, there is a lot of opportunities we are seeing for producers in in growing this crop. We were just out in three different fields looking at the different varieties of of industrial hemp that you've planted. And let's let's just start. How did you uh, get on that uh, thought process? Like, let's grow something different. Here, we are known for growing different uh, types of crops, uh, different crops whether that be pulses uh, grains uh, this is just another rotational crop at the end of the day but it also is going to provide a lot of opportunities uh, how did you get on this uh, process
1: so it's kind of weird uh, one of my buddies that uh, works in egg he heard about uh, this pilot program for him about three years ago and with low commodity prices and as a farmer I love to grow you know whatever it is and we, we have a lot of diversity here on the farm we grow pulse wheat barley corn soybean I mean we've done we've done a lot and that that's what keeps it exciting for me so yeah I got on this pilot program and started getting into it and talked to the Department of Ag um, court Jensen he was very helpful really good guy very informative helped me throughout the whole thing um, made sure we did it right answered my phone calls I'm sure he's getting pretty tired uh, after a few months of me calling him every day and leaving messages but very helpful um, and then Ian Foley took it over after that, and same thing. Those two guys, they need need—they should get a lot of credit for what they've done.
0: So I guess what were some of those biggest challenges that you faced? Obviously, the Montana Department of Agriculture is there to assist producers in exploring new uh, new opportunities and crops and marketing, but what were some of those initial hurdles that you had to uh, uh, get over, other than the stigma of it being correlated with a, with a drug?
1: Uh, there really weren't a whole lot of hurdles. Uh, you had to sign up for the pilot program, and that involved you know getting fingerprinted, which a lot of people are like, oh, I'm not gonna get my finger my fingers printed. Well, you know you have to get your fingerprints for your concealed weapons permit. It's not that big of a deal. Um, I think it was 200 bucks for the permit, and then you have to get your seed approved through the Department of Egg. So that was, those were probably the biggest hurdles. Other than that is learning on the go, because nobody else has grown hemp here in the US for the past 80 years uh so we're trying different things and um overall we're, we're figuring stuff out but we're only two years in uh so there's still a lot more to learn but like i said we're, we're trying to do what
0: we can so, as we were uh, driving out here to your uh, family's uh, ranch and farm, we were discussing a little more of the history on why industrial hemp uh, was really blacklisted as an agriculture uh, uh, product and commodity, and uh, it had to do with lobbying efforts of uh, other uh, other uh, entities like cotton.
1: Yeah, so, hemp, because it's uh, it can be produced in so many different things, like paper, paper, uh, you can make clothes with it, rope, all sorts of stuff. So it, it, it was a competitor in all these different industries. Well you get a rich family, I think it was a DuPont family, that owned paper mills and uh logging. And they were also in the newspaper industry. So you get those two lobby against uh commodity and it works pretty well, especially in the nineteen thirties when newspaper was the main main go. Um so yeah, they uh and then with Reefer Madness the movie and a huge pushback on marijuana they uh put hemp in there with it because it is they're both cannabis and but the difference is the oil compositions in it so it just kind of got thrown in there as the same same plant which it it can't be any further from um and so since yeah 1930s 1940s that in whole industry that crop that commodity has been gone and it's insane that it has been but now it's starting to make a comeback, and uh, it's a good time for farmers, especially with low commodity prices. It's a perfect time for this crop to come in. Um, so, yeah, we're I, we're just trying to figure out how to grow it the best and uh, just spread that knowledge. And spread the knowledge that all these farmers, you know, it is legal, and especially when the farm bill passes, anybody can do it. You don't have to be in the pilot program. So, uh, I think especially for Montanas cuz we're we're pretty good farmers not to toot our own horn but we're pretty good farmers we we can make this a big deal we can capitalize on this and we should
0: one of the, uh, the key things that I took away today when we were out in these various fields, uh, of course, you have different varieties planted. Some are, uh, at this point, uh, about hip high on us. Some are seven feet tall. Some of those different varieties you have planted. But uh, it's the middle of August right now. Actually, we're coming up on the end of August when this show is recorded. But you planted in June. Is that So the growing season is dramatically shorter from some of our other seasonal and traditional crops.
1: Yeah, and we're starting to figure out that uh, <clears throat> because of a later seeding date, yeah, you know, June 8th is when we seeded it. Um, typically we seed our barley in March, at the end of March, early April. And uh, we get a lot of pushback from uh, late emerging weeds that you know can come through. So with that later uh, planting date, we can round up right before we get that, that late emerging uh,
0: weeds and it really cleans up the crop, it's really nice so now we look at the actual product how are you going to last year of course you planted uh, some of those shorter varieties now you have that variety that's seven plus feet tall. The videos that I've seen, they just put a sickle bar down and uh, uh, mow it over that way. <laughs> uh, have you figured out how you're going to uh, harvest uh, this this taller crop? And and le- and then we can break down, you know, what, what the differences of these different varieties are and how they are used uh, commercially. But uh, how do you plan to uh, cut that seven feet uh, tall uh, hemp crop out there?
1: Well, I'm uh, open to any ideas right now, <laughs> but I'm sure we'll figure it out. We'll probably just put the header as high as we can and hope it works um i don't know i've never cut a crop that's seven feet tall <laughs> we can uh look at youtube videos all day i still don't know if we have a good idea though
0: <laughs> yeah I-, I wish you luck in that and uh, actually i i hope i can maybe uh get some videos or uh uh get a get a shot of what that looks like uh the uh the pros and cons and the successes and the fails of your your harvest of this crop when do you think you're going to harvest that uh
1: So we're going to try to cut some of the crop for uh, CBD production, and that will be hopefully in the next week. Um, With the grain, it's a 90-day maturing date, so we'll probably cut the rest for grain
0: early September. Um, So yeah, it's coming up quick also there's the grain production side of uh the varieties of industrial hemp Let, so let's talk about maybe those uh those shorter uh varieties that you have out there and sure they're not they're not that little i mean they come up to our hip but when you're driving by the road it looks like they're just uh, little christmas trees is how i described it going down the road so uh, let's talk about you know those opportunities and, and uh, how uh you know how you figure out what what are the best ones to plant down the road
1: so yeah with the grain production um it's nice to have those shorter varieties because not everybody's combine can cut eight feet tall. Um, but I think that's the biggest in for most of these farmers is grain production. And just like any other oil seed, um, you cut it and then you send it to whoever's uh, pressing it, and you get a really nice hemp seed oil product out of it. And with that product, you can do thousands of other offshoots of just the oil seed uh or the hemp oil hemp seed oil um anywhere from putting in your food to topical creams to biofuels to uh biodegradable plastics i mean it's pretty insane what it what
0: you can make out of this oil so let's talk about the challenges there of course when the pulse crops became uh uh, very popular over the past uh, uh, few years here in Montana. The producers that were growing those uh, really came in at a good time, but one of the challenges they had was those processing facilities, which we are seeing, but uh, uh, finally now come along. But that took a long time, and there was guys going quite a long ways just to find an elevator that would take those seeds. What's your strategy in working with other uh, other folks trying to uh, find a place to uh, – Take your crop once once it's harvested
1: what's my strategy uh, right now it's uh, not much of a strategy but just talking to everybody I can um, finding new names finding new people new ideas keeping everything open-minded um, we have we have a few markets um, primarily the one in Canada because they've been growing it so much. Um, but it's it is still limited. I I, bet I would compare it to the pulse crop, 20 years ago in eastern Montana. You know they found out that they could grow pulses really well out there, but the markets were, you know, few and far in between, and that's where hemp is right now, I believe.
0: But you know if there's money to be made, it'll come. <laughs> So we we were also talking about just uh, how dry it is, the climate in Montana and growing in Kentucky. The University of Kentucky Extension has been researching hemp for for years. And one of the only institutions in the United States, other than uh, the research coming out of Canada. But one thing is that it's better to be dry up here and you don't have to dry it like uh, tobacco that's what you mentioned so let's uh, let's talk about uh, how uh, the drier climate could really lead to montana being a leader in the production of industrial hemp just because of the conditions up here
1: yeah so kentucky we have to give them credit too they really pushed on this because the the tobacco industry was you know going down so they've been replacing tobacco with hemp and I've uh, been doing very well there, but they cannot contract any industrial hemp more than two hours away from the from a tobacco dryer because it starts to biodegrade so quick after you cut it down. But that happens with high humidity. I'm sure their humidity is 40, 50, 60 percent. Where here, I mean, we can get into single digits at times. Uh, so we have uh, a lot more leeway there, and it's great for drying. Um, Yeah, and growing, obviously it grows really well up here. So yeah, there's a huge opportunity there for Montana, specifically, to
0: be a leader in this commodity. Now, also, we, we were discussing there's quite a lot of <laughs> mosquitoes down there on the pivot where you had uh, some of those uh, fields growing industrial hemp. But also you mentioned that uh, honeybees just love it. And so that's also a conservation effort because that's a big push by all of agriculture to conserve uh, habitat and space for our pollinators. That's pretty neat to know that this is also one of those crops where bees just love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You, you walk through there around this time of the year, when those flowers are really pushing out and the bees start, they just kind of dive bomb because they're so weighed down from uh, all the honey.
0: Now, I'm going to just jump back. You're, you're, you're a young producer. You've came back to the family operation here north of Conrad. Uh, did, did, did you ever see yourself, like, exploring these different crops? Uh, what, what, what was your idea when you came home thinking, you know, I want to be involved in farming and ranching. I want to come back and, and uh, have the greatest lifestyle there is. That's what I believe, being, being involved in, in, in production ag. Uh, did you ever see yourself kind of exploring these different crops? Because it's also vital to make changes in agriculture.
1: Yeah, um, you know, when I came back, I uh, told my dad that I, I didn't want to just grow wheat and barley. And I think his mentality and uh, a lot of other farmers' mentality is, if it's not broken, don't fix it. But you got to keep yourself entertained out you're on the farm and excited about growing different crops. And so that's why we got into a lot of pulse crops and growing a lot of different stuff. And when I saw this opportunity, I hopped right on it, and now it's starting to grow.
0: Now, the Montana Farmers Union has also been, uh, in the past uh, year, they've been holding listening sessions and informational meetings for producers, and you were on that trail with them uh, discussing uh, the opportunities and uh, actually growing it. And last year you said, whether well, is there 700 acres or something like that growing? How many acres are growing now, and, and what did you gain and what did producers gain from going to those uh, Montana Farmers Union meetings uh, this past uh, year?
1: Yeah, so last year there was, uh, I think, 520 acres seeded in the whole state. And last I heard, there was close to 15,000 acres seeded this year. So that's a pretty big jump in one year. And, yeah, we've been doing these talks around the state, and it's great to see. You see a lot of younger farmers in there, obviously. But I thought it was really interesting seeing a lot of these 60-year-old, 70-year-old couples coming in here and listening to, you know, we had to present because it, it's tough times right now farming low commodity prices it doesn't matter how good of a farmer you are the, those margins are pretty slim still so yeah seeing those older farmers come in it's just it's really cool to see that um, but at these meetings we go through the laws we go through um, how to grow it what to do with it you know pretty much touch everything uh, involving hemp
0: now, some of the questions that I've got from uh, folks out there across the countryside is, uh, what What are the inputs? Is it, uh, uh, is it organic? Do you, do you spray? Di- I heard you mention that you do uh, sp- spray some Roundup on those fields, so obviously it's, it's not organic. But let's talk about that process and maybe the cost at this point, if you're comfortable talking about uh, inputs.
1: So if you go on the Internet and uh, look up Industrial Hemp, one of the first articles that I read and that you'll see on Google is, Industrial hemp is the biggest cash crop that's ever going to come out and you don't have to put anything other than the seed in the ground And you don't have to water it you don't have to spray it. Well, that's true But it's also true with any crop, you know, you can put anything in the ground and it'll grow But how how much you want it to yield? So the more inputs you put into any crop the more you're gonna get out of that crop and that includes hemp um, Right now, what we're putting into for our inputs per acre, it's usually about a hundred bucks an acre just in seed, and then another fifty, sixty bucks in fertilizer and water and all that stuff. So yeah, you're looking at about a hundred and fifty bucks an acre.
0: Now is all your hemp irrigated, or do you have any dry land? It's all irrigated. Yep.
1: Yeah, it's all you except for some dryland corners, and those
0: are good test plots. You know, everything's a test plot right now. Uh, looking ahead, uh, again, yeah, you're you're still trying to figure out how you're going to get that uh, seven-foot uh, crop uh, harvested. But realistically, where do you see yourself in the next uh, in the short term, the next five years, in trying to work with maybe buyers, uh, processing plants? Because you know, it really takes uh, the guys on the ground that start this out to really have the vision of of what this can be and and what this industry can do for the state of montana and for the rural communities that uh, farmers and ranchers uh live in uh what, what's your short-term plan
1: uh my short-term plan right now is just get by with what i got and uh figure out these markets they're gonna come they're gonna show up uh you'll start seeing some of these bigger elevators like columbia grain for example um they'll i bet you they'll start taking hemp seed um and once they start doing that, then, you know, you're just going to get a lot of other processing facilities around the state, and it's going to be just like pulse crops, I, I think. That's the way I see it, but I, I've i been wrong before.
0: Well, I think that's the greatest thing is, you know, we share pulse news and, and market prices, but uh, the day when I started uh, giving industrial hemp prices... <laughs> Uh, that'll be a few years I know it will be but uh, I guess maybe for anyone that's listening out there young producer experienced producer alike what bit of information do you have for them today to maybe look at this maybe reach out to the Montana Farmers Union who has a lot of resources and educational material Uh, what's that bit of information you have for them
1: Uh, Don't be scared to do it. Try it. Try a couple of test plots. Do five acres, do 10 acres. Try it. I can't tell you that it's going to work on your land. I'm going to tell you that it probably will. And it'll be fun looking at it every week, seeing it grow. Um, Just try it.
0: Colby, I've seen some of my buddies that are rapping hemp bales so they they bale them up into round bales and they wrap the, the big marshmallows i call them so this also is a great feed product as well so there's guys that are just kind of doing test plots as well and then and uh, feeding that to livestock uh do you have any uh can you talk about maybe the nutrition value and how you can how producers can uh, fit that into their uh, uh forage diets
1: yeah so hemp is a, a great product for cattle feed whatever because it's high in omega high in fatty acids, high protein. I think uh, crushed down is 50% protein as a feed. So it'd be a great product for feed. Um, Yeah, there's some people wrapping bales and I don't know if they're wrapping it for silage, but hey, go ahead and try it. Let's try something new. Let's get the knowledge out there, see if it works. I don't know if it works. I'm not gonna tell you that it's not gonna work, but yeah, you just gotta try it.
0: Talking about that research aspect Kentucky has done quite a lot through extension. Does Montana have any test plots part of that? They don't in their extension program, but let's jump back to this farm bill. It's August. We're going to get into the farm bill debate once the House really comes back uh, from its August recess. The farm bill conference committees are meeting right now. Uh, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell has been, I'd say, probably the lead advocate in including the provisions and legislation in the farm bill to make sure that everything is legal in the process and that everyone has some educational uh, materials and that uh, they can just go to go to town and do research so do you see our extension plots across the state of montana once the farm bill passes have you heard anything like that i don't want to put any words in your mouth or any you know any correct information out there but obviously they will start researching this
1: yeah i think uh they're just excited to grow different crops and research as than i am so yeah absolutely i think they're going to get involved and i think i have heard they will be involved i'm not gonna say that they are but i i think i have heard that um so yeah we'll start getting some of those research numbers out there and helping farmers and we'll get by with just uh, our group of farmers growing it trying to give each other some information what works what doesn't work um yeah
0: You also have other crops. Let's talk about how the harvest uh, has uh, been going here uh, in late August, how things are looking, uh, how the moisture was this year, and uh, how planting is going to go for for winter wheat.
1: Yeah, harvest has been pretty hot and heavy the past couple weeks. Uh, Crops overall were looking pretty good. We had, you know, every year, every harvest, you have some fields that don't produce like they should, and then you have some fields that are vice versa. Um, But that's how farming goes a lot of the time well for us anyway (laughs) um but it was a good year overall with moisture it it did shut off there sometime in june end of june and that kind of hurt some of our spring crops
0: we'll see that um but overall it, it was a good year All right, Colby, we are at the kitchen table here at the family ranch house. Anything else that you would like to to share, maybe some resources that folks can go to if they want to learn more about industrial hemp and uh, and look towards that opportunity of uh, having a different crop having a different rotational crop as well and uh, maybe being a part of a, a uh, new opportunity in, in in farming just like the pulse crop industry was now, a lot of people I know were skeptical of that but again we, we set the foundation that this is not marijuana this is a different crop it uh, is going to be I'm 100% sure it's going to be in the farm bill. I don't see that coming out. Again, you could be listening to this after the farm bill, the 2018 farm bill is passed. Anything you'd like to share before we uh, wrap it up here today?
1: Yeah. Um, just to be clear, this isn't going to be you know a save the ranch, your farm kind of crop, but I think it has a lot of opportunity uh, in all aspects of it, growing it, producing it, whatever it is, and yeah, just try it get excited about it um that's about all i can say
0: well colby thank you so much for for taking me around the the family operation here and uh showing me uh those different uh fields of uh, industrial hemp it it truly is it gives you a different perspective on it when you're out in the field you get to see it 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 smells so good too (laughs) i i think it just smelled so nice out there and other than the mosquitoes they were pretty thick out there but if you have a chance all of our listeners out there to talk with the producer that that is growing industrial hemp do it Uh, go to the workshops that are there learn as much as you can about it because like Colby said, this could be uh, a, a, an opportunity for farmers to have just one more marketing opportunity out on their farm or ranch. So for more information, I would encourage you to contact also the Montana Farmers Union. The University of Kentucky has some great research out there as well. Colby Johnson, thank you so much for uh, for joining us here today. Well, thanks for coming out, Lane. Good uh, having you here. Well, it was good to catch up. And uh, I will have some pictures of the industrial hemp in the fields on My website, Communications.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the Lanecast. Google has their new Google Podcast app for Android users. It is great. You can download the podcast on your Android device. Just Google the Lanecast on the Google Podcast app. Of course, we are on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and a whole host of other podcast applications. That will do it for today. Thank you for joining us here on the Agriculture Conference conversation. I'm Lane Nordland, your voice for agriculture. Thank you for tuning into the Lane Cast with Talkin' Ag, Lane Nordland. For more on Lane, check out his Facebook page, Lane Nordland Ag Broadcaster and nordlundcommunications.com. Don't forget to subscribe to the Lane Cast on your Apple or Android devices. We look forward to joining you next time on the Lane Cast.